welcome back to Fresh Bread from Candy's Kitchen. I have been gone for a couple of weeks, spending some time in Europe on a 40th anniversary trip with my husband and one of our daughters and their family. Uh, but the thing that was interesting was that we would see fresh bread everywhere. We even went into Aldi's and Aldi's would have rows and rows of fresh bread. Uh, I wish I could have bagged it all up and brought it home, but you know the customs, we can't do that. Uh, but man, do they make bread over there. Even, even the bread that they would put hot dogs in the middle of was, was just incredible to me. But anyway, today's podcast may be a little bit different because it's a podcast that will be, for me, a reflection. Uh, it was a reflection of the things that went through my mind as I was journeying a couple different places in uh, Europe, specifically Vienna, Austria, and the Czech Republic in Prague. Uh, so this may be a tad emotional for me, but it's definitely thought-provoking. And while I could have chosen to uh, do a podcast in some, on some other thing, uh, this is what was going through my mind the entire time that I was in Europe. So since podcasts don't have to be one way, I'm going to just dive into my thought processes. The podcast actually starts a few years ago. Uh, there was a very special lady in my life who was a, uh, she and her husband were Bible quizzing coaches at a church uh, across town from the church I attended. Uh, they were competitors with me when I was a kid. Uh, but they eventually ended up at our church and just became part of our family. They had no children, and uh, so we just we took them in. And we loved them, and uh, George Creighton, the husband, passed away, and he left his wife Betty. Betty Creighton was a unique person. She was sharp as a tack. She could outthink me. She could remember better than me. She was, she was an amazing person, full of energy, always on the go. But we had her here actually at our home for a, a little birthday celebration for her. And two days later, she had a massive stroke. The massive stroke was on her right side, so her hand was never... Uh, able again to really be used the way it had been. She could walk, but it was very difficult. And it was in a few, th this happened a few times. I would go in to visit her in her senior's apartment once she moved there. And you could just see the depression on her, and, and I totally understand that. A person that's always on the go, but uh, now is 
just uh, like a prisoner in her own little body. She can't get out. She can't drive. She, you know, she can't go like she wanted to. And I would go in from time to time, and she would always be saying, I want to go home. I just wish the Lord would take me. I'm of no use. There's nothing that I can give anymore. And I would stop her and say, Betty, I, I really understand what you are saying. But I have to tell you, you have to remember that your life's givings, some of your life's purpose is continuing to live even though you don't see it. And I would remind her of Bible quizzers on their quiz team that have gone on to do amazing things for God. I would remind her of my big competitor, Cindy Milby. She and her husband pastor a church out in Kansas, and they're doing a work for God. I said, Betty, your life is living on through people like Cindy. Then I said, there's a Roger Buckland. Roger Buckland has been a missionary in several places in the world, and now he is a regional uh, supervisor of, uh, of an area. And I would say, Betty, yes, you're not going and you're not doing, but you put into those people and others something that has gone on to multiply uh, for the kingdom of God. And she would, she would shake her head and she said, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And I would go back, you know, maybe a few weeks later and it, it, we would go over the same thing. And I, I just kept reminding her, Betty, your, your work, your work in George's work, all of that Bible quizzing, all of those yard sales to make money, to take those quizzers on trips. Your efforts are living on for the kingdom of God. So one day, I went into the, to the apartment and I said, Betty, I, I've got something exciting to tell you. I said, Roger Buckland, who was one of your Bible quizzers and we've talked about, his son is a missionary in Prague, Czech Republic. And his son, Matthew, has invited my husband and I to come to Prague to teach and to preach. And I said, Betty, that is an extension of you because you poured into Roger Roger had a son. He poured into his son. And his son is now a missionary and inviting my husband and I to come there to minister. She started smiling. She started giggling. She said, and you know what? I want to pay your plane fares for you to go to that trip. It was like all of a sudden a light went on in her life. You see... Our lives touch so many other lives. And it's hard sometimes to recognize that maybe we're worth anything. That maybe, you know, 
I mean, even myself, sometimes I, I, I look at my life and say, what have I really done? What have I really accomplished? And to some people, I've accomplished very little. And that's okay. But there's little seeds of my life that I have planted in the lives of other people. And this is why this European trip was so, uh, I would say, meaningful and emotional to me. Because it just showed me how that God uses us to touch others. And then others touch others. I'm reminded of the scripture in uh, Genesis chapter 12 where the Lord is talking to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I am going to bless you and make your name great. And not just for you, because he says, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. And in you shall all the world be blessed. It's interesting, God's multiplication. It's not about us. It's not about our talents. It's about what we do with what God has given to us. I go back to my trip and why it was so emotional. I, I really haven't accomplished a lot in my life. But what I have done is I've taught. I've taught young people. I've taught elementary kids. I've taught Bible in high school for several years. I've taught Bible at Indiana Bible College. I'm not the best teacher, but I've tried to take the word of God that has dwelt in me richly, and I've tried to put it into other young people. And I, and I thought about this. I've been thinking about this. This is not about me. This is about what God intended for us to do. See, he blesses us like he blessed Abraham. And he says, now I want you to bless others. And those others are going to bless others. And, and then the world is going to be affected. So I was thinking about who are the people that put something into my heart that made me to love the word of God so that I'd have taken the word of God and given it to others. I, I, I thought about my pastor, Nathaniel Urshan, one of the greatest Bible teachers ever, and I was able to sit under him and learn. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for a Richard Mincer at Calvary Christian School that taught the word of God to us kids, us junior high kids. He was actually using notes that he had from a Bible college on the West Coast. And I still have those notes today. But he gave me a hunger for the Word of God. Now, I didn't like his science classes, but I loved his Bible classes. I thought about my mother, who took the time to be a Bible quizzer, Bible quizzing coach in my life that was always encouraging me and helping me. Then I thought of a man, a preacher, Reverend Robert Clark, 
It was one of my dad's best friends. He was an evangelist. We would go to, on the evangelistic field every once in a while to visit them. And this teenage, young, young teenage girl, Candy Coogan at the time, I would have a list of Bible questions because all these other entities had placed this love for God's word in my heart. And so I, I would take this list of questions, and, and, and I called him Uncle Bob. I still do. And Uncle Bob, here's a preacher sitting down with a young person and answering every one of those questions for me. He put something into me, and I have taken that and put it into other young people, hopefully. A love for the Word of God. So why was this trip so emotional? This trip was emotional because when I went to Vienna, Austria, I had a former student there, Harmony Pace. And we were just going to Vienna. We weren't planning on preaching or teaching there. We were going to do that in Prague. And when she heard that we were coming, she said, no, 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 you and your husband are going to teach and you're going to preach here. And that was fine, and I, I loved every second of it. But the thing that was so emotional was thinking about my life. I'm 63 years old now. I'm still young. But you're coming to that age where you look back on what you've done. And you, when you look at someone like Harmony on the mission field, all of a sudden it comes clear what God was saying to Abraham. I'm going to bless you through other people. And then you're going to bless others. And then those others are going to bless others. And it will go around the world. So when I was in Europe... I'm telling you, it just came so clear to me how important it is for all of us to take what we have and plant something into somebody else because God's multiplication will go forward and his work will be done. Very quickly, let me just throw this little thought at you. You have the Apostle Paul. Who writes the majority of the New Testament? Who put something into Paul? We think Paul, but what about Gamaliel? Paul learned at the feet of Gamaliel the law. What about Ananias, who after Saul, Paul, he becomes Paul later, he's been struck down with blindness when God reveals to him who he is. It took a bold Ananias to come and talk to him about baptism and about the blindness and the Lord moved on him. What about the people that wanted to kill Saul once he changed sides? What about the men that let him down in a basket over the wall so that he could escape? What about the man by the name of Barnabas, who the apostles called the son of consolation or the man of encouragement? All of those people played into the life of Saul, who we call Paul. Paul was an incredible man.
But there were incredible people that put something into him. We are laborers together with God. Whatever the Lord has put into you, I ask you today to share it, to bless somebody else. Because that somebody else will bless somebody else. And they'll bless somebody else. And the world will be blessed. Give of your talents. Maybe you have the money to give to some young person to go to Bible college or a Christian school or to a camp. Maybe you're the person that you have no money, but you are an encourager. And you can put your arm around somebody and and lift them up or have them over for dinner and talk the word of the Lord. Or maybe you're the person that is a seamstress and you can sew for somebody that doesn't have anything. We will talk about a seamstress in the Bible and how she used her blessings at another time. God has blessed all of us. And the Abrahamic promise and blessing is, the, is what we should follow as a rule. God blesses us. We bless others. The others bless others. And it continues on around the world. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may God's face shine upon you. Have a great day today. And just write down in your journal how you can bless someone else. And then also take the time to just write down the many people that have blessed your life. God bless. Have a good day.